around the world, locally, with family and friends. House of Destiny International Ministries presents Senior Pastor Dr. Larry Manley with today's message of a spiritually vibrant connection with God. We hope that you enjoy the viewing. Chronicles, the 17th chapter, verse 7 through 9. And the title of this message is Victories of My Soul. I'm going to repeat again. Victories of My Soul. Now, a while back we spoke a word that entitled, You Can't Quit Until You Succeed. I don't know how many of y'all remember that, but we methodically each week build on one message to another, from one level of faith to another level of faith, from one level of glory to another level of glory. We spoke that word to you here recently. You see, it's all methodically coming together, and it all has to do with victories within your soul. We want to deal with this word today from a spiritual aspect as always. And as we look and as we see what God is bringing forth in our life, we want us to understand that this word says in 1 Chronicles 17 verse 7, it says, now, somebody say, now with me. Now, now means now, and it says, now therefore, thus shalt thou say unto my servant David. This is the prophet Nathan speaking the word of God into David. We know that David is the soul that is saved and sanctified and clothed in the righteousness of God. Do we have any Davids in the house? Amen. Amen? Amen. So he's speaking to those of us who are saved, sanctified, and those that have been clothed in the righteousness of God. The Bible says, Now therefore thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Notice where God took us from. I took thee from the sheep cot. The word sheep cot means those comely places. You know, those, you know what a comely place is? That's a place where ain't much going on. That's a place of low-level authority. We're coming out of 1 Chronicles chapter 17, and we're at verse 7 right now. The Word of God tells us that I took thee from the sheep cot. That, that, that's that place of comeliness. That place where ain't a whole lot going on. Just average, you know, 
got a lot of average Christians in the world. You know what I'm saying? Just average. Just Sunday morning average Christians. Calmly. But that ain't where God says that he has kept us. He says, I took you from that comely place. Those of us who are truly sanctified. Those of us who are truly clothed in the righteousness of God. Those of us who are truly saved, then God declares that you're not of that comely place anymore. But Deuteronomy 28, 13, well, it goes on. He said, I took thee from the sheep cot, even from following the sheep. Hmm. Following the sheep. He said, I took you from following the sheep. You know, you know like I told y'all before now, sheep are messy. Would you agree, Pastor? You see, sheep are very messy. And when you're dealing with sheep, sometimes a shepherd, a pastor, got to lead from behind. I told y'all that before. That means you're stepping in a whole lot of mess. Told you that. God said, I'm going to take you from that. He said, I took you from following them. I took you from that comely place. And Deuteronomy 28, 13 said, now this is what I did for you. I made you the head and not the tail. In other words, I took you from following the mess and put you in front of it so that you could lead it out of its mess. All right? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Do you know what God did when he made you the head and not the tail? Deuteronomy 28, verse 13. He took you from following the mess and put you in front so that you could get that out of the mess. And you wouldn't be in it yourself, see. But see, some people, they like being in a mess. They don't feel like they're alive unless they're in a mess. Some people, they like the drama clause of life. You can't get them out of the peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding and guards our hearts and minds in Christ. Jesus said, can't get them out of that. They like the drama clause of life. But God said, I took you out of that comely place. And from following that mess that them sheep leave behind. Because if you're following sheep, then the mess going to come along with it. So you right behind them and you in a whole lot of you know what. Amen. Amen? Amen. Did y'all, I'm, I'm talking about y'all now. I'm talking about y'all now. Y'all bring a lot of mess with you. I'm talking about you this morning now. Can I talk about you? Huh? Okay. Now God said, look, I'm taking you from that. See, you've been in that mess long enough. Now, I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you, keep you from following the sheep, and I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy 28, 13. Right. He said, now, I'm going to make you the, what? Linda and not the borrower? Ain't that right. uh -huh. what he said there? Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm going to make you the lender and not the borrower. Get out of debt. And then when you get out of debt, stay out of debt. Ha, ha, ha. All right now, I'm talking to you. I told you I'm going to pick on you this morning. I'm going to pick on you this morning. Get out of debt. Stay out of debt. Right. Every time God gets you out of debt, you're going to run through it again. Get out of debt. Stay out of debt. Say it. Get out of debt. Stay out of debt. Don't put yourself back in bondage. All right? I'm just talking to you. 
Now, and he, he, he says here in 1 Chronicles, the 17th chapter, verses 7, at the end of it, he said that thou, I, I took it from even following the sheep, that thou should be ruler over my people Israel. Mm. Now, David was a king, right? 1 Peter 2.9 says he's made us a chosen generation, a royal, that's a kingly priesthood. A chosen generation. That's what he did for us. See, he, he, we're not the tail no more. You got to start thinking the head. Right. Come out of that old drummer clause because, see, that don't exist no more with us. See, we laugh at stuff like that now. When people don't want to do right, laugh at them. When people don't want to go right, laugh at them. You understand what I'm saying? Don't, 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 don't cry because they don't want to do right. No, just let do what Paul did. Turn them over to Satan. Let Satan buffet them. Because God is going to use his instrument called Satan to whoop them right on back to where they're supposed to be. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to touch it. You know? It's plenty of us in here, including myself, been beat upside the head because of a rebellious spirit. Plenty of us. Beat you right on back where you're supposed to be. So I don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. Because I know just as soon as you step out from under the umbrella of this covering, the whooping coming. The whooping. <laughs> Can I get some amen? Huh? The whooping coming. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? See, see, you've been getting away with it so long under them other coverings, and then like Brenda said, but see, they didn't know about the covering at House of Destiny. It's different. See, now, you get whooped dearly. We got any testifiers of that? Ah. <laughs> see, yeah? <laughs> Step out money if you want to. Uh-uh, you can't, you can't uh, get assembled up in here and then go just go disconnect you. Okay, go ahead. Watch what God do. Go watch what God do. I just pray and hope that if and when it happens that your pride don't get in the way so bad that you ain't got sense enough to make it back like the prodigal son. Amen. All you got to do, turn those over. So the word of God tells us here in uh, 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 Revelation, Chapter 20, verse 4 through 6, it talks about us being on these thrones. Didn't he say he'll make us ruler over his people? Amen. Didn't he say it, church? Amen. See, now, rulership comes with responsibility now. Now, rulership does. Revelation 20. Verse 4 through 6. Are we there? Amen. Look at the word. It says, And I saw John, saw throne, and they sat on them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads in their mind, or in their hands in the power of themselves. And they lived and reigned, uh-oh, sound like rulership, and they lived and what? Right. With who? Right. For how long? Thousand years. Thousand years. Thousand years. But the rest of the dead, what they do? 
They, that's right. For a thousand years. See, we were in that first resurrection, it says. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall do what? Reign. Reign. Sound like rulership. He said, I made you a ruler over my people. We're going to reign, people. You know, it's bad to have to die one time. But it's bad to have to die, get woke back up, and then die again. The second death. Now, one time of that is enough. But the audacity to get awakened again, just to be, to be killed again, and cast into the lake of fire, that ain't good. So we better quit playing with this thing called the Holy Bible. I didn't say the Bible, I said the Holy Bible. We better stop playing with this thing. We better get real with this. Stop playing around with it. This ain't no time to play. 1 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. You don't have to go there. You can just write it down if you want to. You can do what you want to do. But 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1 and 2 tells us that know ye not that you shall judge the world, that the saints shall judge the world. And not only that, but you're going to judge angels too. Look at it there. You won't it's in the book. I'm trying to get you to understand who and what you are in God. You more than a new house. Oh, come on and talk to me. You more than just a new job. You more than just a new dress. You know? You more than any of that. You more. You way more than that. A new car. A new wife. A new husband. You more than that. If you can't see no further than that, you're in bad shape. I say if you can't see no further than that, you're in bad shape. Because that's what I call a nowhere man. If, if, if things going to dictate to you whether you have or whether you don't have it, if that's what's going to dictate to you whether you're happy or not, then you ain't happy no way. And you sure don't know Jesus. I'm going to lay it in there. I'm laying pipe. I'm laying it in there. The word of God, it goes on, it tells us that. Y'all see it there in 1 Corinthians? Amen. You see it? Amen. 
He said, no, don't you know that the saints going to judge the world? And not only that, but we're going to judge angels too? That's some good stuff. But you got to be ready for it because that comes with great responsibility. Great responsibility. So, we go back over here to 1 Thessalonians and we continue. And look what God says. 1 Chronicles 17, verse 8. Look what God's word says. It said, and I will. What that next word say? Ordain. That word ordain means to set in place. Set up like concrete. He said, and I have been with thee, verse 8, that's where I'm at, excuse me. And I have been with thee whatsoever thou hast walked, okay? And I have cut off all thine enemies from before thee. And I have made thee a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth. And then he goes on and says, also, I will ordain, in other words, I'm going to set up a place for my people Israel. It's just like coming here. God has set us in a place, a nice place. It's just like going to Mission of Grace in the evening. God has set us in a nice place. All we got to do is be assembled. I didn't say gathered. I said assembled. That's all God wants us to do is to be assembled together as a unit so that we can work. The work of God. Not the work of ourselves, but the work of God. That's what he wants us to do. See, it's time to come together. It's time to come together as a unit. Oh, dry bones. Can these bones live? So he says, I'm going to ordain it a place for my people, Israel. And we'll plant them. I'm going to plant them. And they shall dwell in their place. Not somebody else's place. Not somebody else's place, mm -hmm. but their place. Uh -huh. And shall be moved no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them anymore as at the beginning. In other words, now, it's one thing to be wasted by the enemy in the beginning. But after a while, I say, after a while, that enemy ought to be able, we ought to be able to spot it, see it for what it is, and say, not this time. Because it's the same old you-know-what in the same dress. In a different dress. But you got to recognize what it is. You got to recognize what it is, because you've been around that mountain long enough. And you still going around it? I mean, the bridge is still out. Y'all know about that bridge. It's never fixed. We're talking about victories of my soul. I'm talking about victory. But how do we get these victories? And what are these victories? Let's see what we're dealing with here in, 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 in the, the, the main text of 1 of, of Chronicles, the 18th chapter. Verse 1. We're going to be dealing with verse 1 through 4. Are we there? The word of the Lord says, now. Somebody say it, now. now. After this, after what? Hmm. After David is taken, after we are taken from 
that place of following sheep to being the head of them. After we have been taken from that comely place, that sheep cot, after God has began to walk with us and to keep us and bless us from our enemies and all of that good stuff, and after we have connected ourselves <coughs> with God, after we've done all of this, God says, now, meaning that now, after this, it came to pass. See, first thing about being victorious, the first thing is you got to get in position in order to get victory. I'm going to say it again. You got to get yourself in position. You see, God just set you in position with the instructions over here in the 17th chapter. Now that you're set in position, let's see what we got coming. Now, after this, after God has set us in the position where we're supposed to be, it came to pass, and it will, that who? David. And who is David? The soul that is saved, sanctified, and clothed in the righteousness of God. These are the ones I'm talking to this morning. Amen. These are the ones that God is talking to this morning. Amen. He says, now after this it came to pass that David did what? Smoke that carnal flesh called the Philistine. After you got in position. See, you got you to gotta figure out. See, the first thing God got to do for all of us is let us know who we are and what he's done in our life. See, a lot of us don't realize what God has done in our life because we still don't understand that our identity is not in things. Our identity is not in people. Our identity is not in the power that we possess. Our identity is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So he said, David smote the Philistine. In other words, he done the, the, the he, 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 he was victorious over the flesh. And subdued them. And then he took a place called Gath and her town out of the hand of the Philistine. Okay. Now that word Gath. Gath is the word called wine press, which represents the wrath of God, and trough. You know what a trough is? That's what a pig eat out of. See, David took that trough. See, when you're clothed in righteousness, you got the power, God gives you the power to take that trough that the prodigal son was down there eating out of with them hogs. God will take it, put it in your hand. Take it out of the hand of the enemy because it was the enemy, the carnal self, the flesh, that causes us to go down and eat out that pig pen. Y'all don't want to hear that. We love to eat out of that old pig pen. All of us. Every time God try to bring us up, what do we do? We want to go back down. We like the pig pen. Amen. Amen. I know I'm in the right house. Everything in here, that should have, everything in here should have broke out in a praise and dance. That God would allow us the power to take that trough from them Philistines, that called self. Because as long as that trough is in the hand of your carnal self, the Philistine, you're going to be eating out of it, and me too. Is this word making sense? 
God said, first victory you need is you, you need to kill this flesh. You need to kill it and take that trough. Take that trough out them Philistine hands. Because that thing hurt you over and over and over and over again. It'll hurt you. Second victory, verse 2. And he smoked Moab, that's that incense. That's where we try to mix in the, the spirit with the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what God was trying to show us in Genesis. The angel, spirit, came down, joined with the physical, the daughters of men. Corrupted everything. We're still doing that. We're still doing it. We got to smoke that incest spirit that we have. Where we think we can, okay, we can serve God on Sunday and live like hell Sunday evening. Or late Sunday afternoon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> huh? I mean, it, it, it's something wrong with our hearing, ain't it? Because we come, we hear the word, but it don't penetrate. There's something wrong with our noggin. Something ain't right. What is it that's keeping us from hearing what God is saying to us? We sit here, we say amen to it, and then we go right back. He said, he's looking in the mirror, and as soon as he leaves the mirror, he forget what man of man he is. What I look like. I forgot what I look like. And then he come back on Sunday morning, he look in the mirror again. Oh, that's what I look like and just as soon. And then he right back doing the same. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we'll move on. I think they got it. We'll move on. <laughs> so, and he smoked Moab. <laughs> and the Moabites became David's servants and brought him gifts. Okay. Let's go over here to James 4.8. <coughs> James 4.8. Tell me when you get there. The Bible said for us to draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. So it's a twofold thing. It's a partnership. But we have to look to me like we have to make the first step. Since he's already made the first initial step when he sent Christ, now it's up to him to make the step. And, and when we make the step, the whosoever will step, what he does is now he'll draw to you. Now this is his word. He said, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. We got to quit being double-minded, church folks. We got to quit that. You're right. We got to quit that. We just a double-minded. And did you not know that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways? 